Welcome to That Honesty Thing, the podcast, a verbal sanctuary created for honest and healing conversations. I'm Amina Saliu, the creator and host, and I hope that you're able to find your footing as we journey through self-love and self-healing using truth as a guide. I'm here to lay the groundwork, the structure, the soil, but the bloom is all you. Self-love is foundational to everything. I don't know about all roads leading to Rome, but I do know all paths are interconnected with self-love at the center. Self-love and self-healing are truly where my work lives. So as implied in my intro and as it has been all over my website, everything I discuss will have self-love and self-healing as a root because after all of my work, my studies, and my life experiences, I've learned and accepted that everything stems from there. This podcast could literally be endless, but in this particular segment, I want to talk about self-love in two key parts. One, self-love as a spiritual obligation, and two, self-love as a challenge. I think we have visuals of self-love in our minds that depict an outer, pretty, perfect peace, if you will. Self-love as making bold and admirable drastic decisions. Self-love as luxury or glam. Self-love as vacations and foreign destinations. And self-love can look like these things, sure. But self-love can also look like struggle and trying to overcome addiction, trying to manage weight and nutrition to enhance the quality of your life, trying to find balance with religion and spirituality and worldly occurrences. It can be self-acceptance in your darkest hour and journeying a very long, grueling path of undoing and unlearning. Self-love can be hard, It can be scattered and, dare I say, ugly, ugly beautiful. (laughs) So when I say self-love as a challenge, I mean self-love in the raw, in the process, and in the struggle. But a little more on that later because I had this ordered in my mind and I wanted to first talk about self-love as a spiritual obligation. So as a spiritual obligation... Self-love begins before you, it exists within you, and then it extends beyond you. And I promise I'm not trying to be fake deep, so I'm going to break that down a little bit. And starting with self-love beginning before you. You are here, which means that a greater being, a force whom I refer to as God, literally decided to create you specifically as you are, with intention, without mistake, without hesitation, without doubt. You were created with self-love, with a greater love, and then given the opportunity with millions of odds stacked against you to be here. Your spirit, your being was literally cultivated by the greatest creator of all time. 
we were intentionally handcrafted and selected with self-love. So it precedes our physical existence. Self-love exists within you. And so as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I think you already have it. It's part of our being just as much as we all have red blood cells traveling through our circulatory system. It's not without struggle. And sometimes self-love is compromised by the disease of comparison or suppressed by external negative forces and circumstances, but it's there. Self-love exists within us and it's a part of our fabric no matter how thin the thread. And then self-love extends beyond you. And what I mean by that is the byproduct of self-love is world love. When we commit to loving ourselves, when we practice loving ourselves in our darkest and our brightest, we learn how to love others in that capacity as well. When we know self-compassion and forgiveness, we become capable of extending that to others. When we're filled with great things, loving things, and kind things, that's what comes from our pitcher and pours into others' cups. It's not possible to spew hatred when you don't have hatred within you. And I want us to consider this heavily. It's not possible to speak negatively about someone when you don't have negativity within you. And why? Because you can't extract orange juice from squeezing a strawberry. Our internal is what we have to offer the external, and that's what will remain and transfer long after we are gone too. And just as a disclaimer, because that is more of an absolute sort of example, and we're human, so there are, I mean, there's a lot of room and there's a lot of variation. I just want to put this out there that we are human beings, so we will naturally have an array of emotions and experiences that won't always be positive. And that really is okay. It's expected. We were made to feel all the feelings and we should own that without feeling guilty. However, we should be mindful to acknowledge when the byproduct of not having self-love creates something toxic. And so long as we're willing to circumvent the course of destruction that could result as a response to us distributing that toxicity, and so long as we're committed to loving ourselves more so that it's the only thing we're able to give, or more realistically, so that it's the most potent thing or the thing we're able to give the most, we're honoring self-love and using our human experiences in a way that will lift the self and humanity. So just to sum that up, I don't know if that was just a whole bunch of words, but (laughs) you cannot give what you don't have. And that goes for the positives and the negatives. And as human beings, we will have both because we're designed in that fashion. But when we experience negative things, Self-love can help us to pause in our tracks before we distribute that negativity to other people. We can mend that negativity using self-love to create something positive and then share that with the world around us. 
And so that was important for me to say because especially now with self-care and self-love being pretty common things that we are all discussing, there's an industry around it and so on and so forth. And sometimes to be honest, it can even be trendy. We kind of ignore emotions like anger and sadness or frown upon them or push them aside or feel that we shouldn't experience them. But again, we are meant to feel those things and self-love can just help mend the wounds that follow those emotions so that we're not fueling negative cycles. So feel everything and process everything because that is self-love too. Self-love is a spiritual obligation because it's our being, because it was gifted to us by a higher power, because it's our connection to what's beyond the earth, because self-love provides fertile ground for love beyond the self. And truly, the more inward you go, the closer to God you become. So now, I want us to finish talking about self-love as a challenge. And self-love is not always an externally aesthetically pleasing process. And there are levels to this self-love thing. There are moments when you're swimming or floating with ease and self-love. And then there are moments when you're hiking in all black on the hottest day of the summer and the only water you have in your bottle is the culmination of tiny droplets produced by the steam. It can get ugly, beautiful, and we should normalize that. Self-love is the for better in health, for richer, but it is also very much so the for worse in sickness and for poorer. It's feeding yourself and keeping yourself alive, even if that meal is cereal and water or week-old leftovers. And I'd argue that self-love, honestly, is more of the gritty stuff, the necessary stuff, the forgiving yourself and giving yourself another chance, even when you think you don't deserve it. Self-love can be hard, but we all and will always have a little bit of self-love at the least within us. And remember, it's because that's what we're made of. So when we're short on our self-love supply, we need to remember that all we need to do is find that little bit that everyone has for now and forever and build on that. That is the start. When trauma has infiltrated and made itself comfortable in your being, self-love can be especially challenging because the cycle is a feedback loop. Negative experiences depreciate your self-love value. And because of your lower self-love value, you attract and are geared towards more negative situations that, of course, in turn, continue to chip away at your self-love. And this is a very hard cycle to break, but it can start with stillness and listening to that thing that intuitively always knows that you were created by and with something of a greater love. The more self-love, the more we attract positivity to our lives. And just to go back to self-love being a spiritual obligation, I also say that because even in looking at manifestation, for instance, that works when you believe in what you are asking for. Manifestation only works when you believe that you are going to get 
what it is you are asking for. But how can you ask for something great if you don't feel worthy of it? Manifestation is real. Prayer is real. And I know this. And I also know that when you're lacking in self-love, you are lacking in the confidence to ask for what you want or desire because you think you're undeserving, that what you're asking for is too big. And I didn't fully understand before, but this makes far more sense to me now that the opposite of love is not hate necessarily, but it surely is fear. Not only can you not love others if you don't love yourself, but you can't fully cultivate a life of wealth and joy because you're afraid to ask for or demand it. You're unsure that you're worthy of it. So self-love, it informs the life you are willing to attract. Back to self-love being a challenge. (laughs) Self-love can also be challenging because You might have to undo a lot, release and lose a lot so that you can make room for the seed of self-love to grow and blossom. And this is not easy. It's necessary, but it is hella difficult. And I want to acknowledge that there is no end to self-love. You don't win at self-love or even master it, if I can say. Further explained, yes, self-love is everlasting in that it is within you, no matter how tiny or large, but it can fluctuate. Imagine self-love when you accomplish your PhD or birth a human being or lose that weight and then compare that to the self-love when you've made the same exact mistake 10 by 10 times, betrayed yourself or harmed another person. It'll still be there. Self-love will still be there, but it might change in size, if you will. Or it might be suffocated by a lot of things like guilt and regret and buried pretty deep to where it almost feels like you can't even access it, which then would require that tiring work of removing those heavy layers to get back to self-love. And even more, self-love at its peak isn't the end game either. So when I was saying you don't really master or win at self-love, this is what I'm talking about. Because let's say you're on top of the world with self-love. It's that enormous. How do you apply self-love when you're on Mars or on Jupiter or Saturn? Self-love is always going to be something we work at because our environments will change. And with that, we'll have to navigate self-love in new ways to help us thrive in those environments. Bringing us back from outer space, self-love in a new marriage, self-love in parenthood, self-love in a divorce, self-love in your workplace or your home, or as your responsibilities change, it'll be there, but we'll always be shifting and constantly learning how to apply it to whatever situation we are currently in. And I think self-love can be furthermore challenging because we get disappointed when we think of it as something that is permanent in its performance or impact. Like a once you have it, you're set type of mentality, but 
it's really not that. <laughs> and once you have it, sure, it might be quicker for you to recognize harm and to choose yourself before choosing anything or anyone that poses a threat to your well-being. But there is always an adjustment period. Sometimes it's long, sometimes it's short. And with more practice, which is oftentimes correlated to experience and subsequently oftentimes age and wisdom, though that's not the determining factor for your ability to deepen self-love, it becomes a quicker adjustment to make more often. But again, you're still always going to be adjusting. And the truth is, it's important to reimagine and accept self-love and the practice of self-love as ever-evolving. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, this topic could literally go on forever. There's so much to talk about when we consider self-love, what it means, how it enhances our lives. But I really wanted to tackle just those two subjects and I think I've done that. So (laughs) on this final honest note, I do want to say that self-love is the greatest love story you will ever know. And I encourage all of us to welcome all of the plot twists, the change in characters, the climax, the conflict, and the resolutions, and to cultivate that love within so that you actually can spread it. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please share with other good souls and be sure to subscribe so you know when another episode airs. If you're moved to, give this podcast a rating and a comment as it helps humble platforms like mine flourish so that those who may need to hear it have the opportunity to. Stay connected and continue the conversation on the blog at www.thathonestything.com or continue the dialogue on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. You're appreciated. And as always, I'm sending you hella love.